Welcome to Happy Hour at the Box with CrossFit Instinct, talking all things fitness, health, wellness, food, friends, and more. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of our podcast. We have a very special guest today, someone near and dear to my heart, and one of my very best friends in the world is my little sister, Caroline Suhadalnik. She's a licensed acupuncturist and nationally certified herbalist. She's been working towards this for a long time. It has taken her 1,140 hours of interning. She took over 155 credit hours of classes, and she also had to take four national board exams that she somehow got done and passed all of them within three months. So I just wanted to throw that out there because maybe from first view, it doesn't look that crazy, but let me tell you, she worked her butt off to get this done. So uh, congratulations, Caroline, for getting this finished. I'm so excited that we get to have you on the podcast and interview you professionally now. Thank you so much. And what an intro. I feel very blessed to hear it from another source because sometimes it takes a while to set in how much hard work it was just because I have loved it from day one. So it kind of just passes you by, but um, it definitely is a lot of work and it's paid off. I'm so happy for you and Caroline's been working with me regarding my health and wellness ever since she really became interested in this, even before she started official school for this. She's been helping me out in it because I think we're kind of similar in that regard that if we get interested in something, we, I don't want to say we overdo it, but we get really (laughs) into it. (laughs) So she's helped me with all kinds of different things, whether, I mean, it goes from sleep to recovery on my workouts, my digestion, my skin. She's helped me with my period. She can do it all. And it's pretty amazing to see this whole different viewpoint of this Eastern medicine and look at the body where we've kind of grown up with this Western American point of view and the Chinese culture is a lot older than what we're used to here and has a whole different viewpoint on things. And I think you can obviously speak more on this, but is a lot more of a natural approach, which I can really appreciate. Can you give us a little bit of a background on Chinese medicine and what it's about and maybe what intrigued you with this? Yeah, absolutely. So Chinese medicine, as you said, has been around for thousands of years. Practitioners or sages, sometimes they would even call them barefoot doctors, have this perspective that the human being is an image of nature. So we live between heaven and earth, and we're this being that goes in cycles We have symptoms that appear due to our surroundings, how we interact with nature and how we grow in nature. So it's this viewpoint of a macrocosm 
in a microcosm, viewing that we're all one. So it's really rooted in the Tao. If anybody is familiar with teachings, um, it's very philosophical. And I actually pulled out a quote um, that kind of sums up a lot of what Chinese medicine does. And this was actually in a book called The Neijing, which is a, a medical classic text that we study and that our medicine is rooted in. Um, and it was actually written in the second century BC. So it goes back a, a long time. Maintaining order rather than correcting disorder is the ultimate principle of wisdom. To cure disease after it has appeared is like digging a well when one already feels thirsty or forging weapons after the war has already begun. So this is all about having prevention be the answer to illness. We view symptoms as patterns and every person has a different pathology as to why these patterns appear. We're all different and we all have different reasons why we're expressing those issues. So it's a very individualized approach to the human being, whereas Western medicine or some other views group you into one and give one answer. What I really love about this and what drew me to it is that it combines the mental health, the physical health, and the emotional health is one and spiritual, if you want to throw it in there. Of course, growing up, I was always interested in the physical aspect of life, being able to tie in the emotions and the mentality behind all of this just made so much sense. I remember being told by one of the acupuncturists I first saw out here in Arizona, she was talking about my liver and I was like, okay, liver, like I know that because it cleanses your blood, you know, that's kind of just, it's there. And she's like, well, what happens when you're in traffic and you get really angry? It's like, you probably grip real tight on the steering wheel. Your shoulders get tight. They raise up. You might get red in the face and this rage and anger comes out. And she's like, that's a lot of manifestations of your liver. So hearing that different symptoms can affect our organs, which then manifest physically, tight shoulders, red face, holding things tight it just kind of opened up a whole new viewpoint as far as how I can start to fix myself. Let me take that back. I don't want to say fix how I can balance out life better. Um, because the goal, my view of a goal of a healthy life is to maintain a balance in your physical, mental, and emotional self through the end of your life, rather than depending on these outside sources to come in and try to keep you stable when maybe your physical being isn't healthy. So you're being fed medicine to keep your mind healthy. I think that you going through this has changed my mindset on things where now if I have a headache and feel a little dizzy and my low back is hurting, I don't look at those as three separate issues. I've learned from you that in somehow, some way, they're probably all connected to maybe it's one of my organs that's functioning suboptimally. It makes total sense to me coming from a trainer coach background, because when someone tells me their knee hurts, usually I ask about their calf, their ankle, their hamstring, their quad, their hip, and they 
think I'm crazy asking about the rest of their body or even their shoulder if they've had injuries there because everything is connected and that makes total sense to me that medically, I guess you could say, things are the same way, that it's all connected, that, you know, maybe my low back pain and my dizziness are coming from the same issue, that it's not two separate things going on because our body works as a whole system. So I don't know. I just, I kind of love that approach of traditional Chinese medicine, because from my point of view and my line of work, that really makes sense. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, I almost find it comforting to know that maybe all these things I think are really going wrong are all linked to the same root cause or root issue of what's going on. And that's also the beauty of acupuncture and the herbal therapy, because maybe with one needle or one herb or one formula, it can correct all these little crooks that are in the chain and get things to smooth out over time. Obviously, there are some more complicated issues. However, there's always a root cause for everything, and it always is stemming from somewhere. Let's get into some things related to health and fitness that can help people that are listening to this who are, you know, related to the gym somehow or clients to the gym. Uh, Some things that come to my mind that I think people would want to hear from you or what are some tools they can use for recovery? You know, how could we, I'll shoot one thing at you. Sleep is so important for recovery. So what's something related to maybe acupuncture, acupressure, herbs, food energetics, things like that, that are related to Chinese medicine that could help us with sleep. So sleep in Chinese medicine is all about your yin time. There's this balance between your yin and your yang um, that we always take an approach to. So sleep is yin, movement and activity is yang. Nighttime is yin, daytime is yang. So we're moving into this time at night when our body is wanting to be quiet it wants to rest, it wants to recover. So we need to feed those senses of ours that is going to fill us with more yin. Now, our society as a whole is very young. Uh, We're all about working a lot. We're all about moving all the time. Um, Not enough balance between movement and rest. Uh, Movement also being mental movement. So being able to nourish this yin portion of ourselves is very helpful in the long-term also to help with sleep and recovery. So a few things with sleep to pay attention to is what time you're going to bed. We have a Chinese clock system where every two hours an organ has its peak functioning hours. And from 11 PM to 3 AM are very crucial times for our body to be sleeping and relaxing because that's when it's doing all of its, um, uh, processing of getting rid of toxins and replenishing our system. So being in bed by 10 to give yourself enough time to sleep through those hours. Those are our gallbladder and our liver hours. We want to make sure that, that, that we are doing that. Now I know that may not be realistic for a lot of people, especially if you have children, um, if you have been struggling from insomnia for a long time. So 
Um, a few things you can do, you can eat more earlier in the day. Our digestive system does not like to be active when we're trying to sleep. So we want to make sure that we're eating one enough. If we don't eat enough, our body's going to be in this state of depletion. And if we're depleted and we're trying to rest and rebuild, it's, it's counterintuitive to have a, a sleeping body and mind trying to grow and there's no substance to grow from. So eating more earlier in the day, more quiet time for yourself, even if that means taking a restroom break and unplugging from everything for five minutes and just trying to sit in the quiet. Again, we're overstimulated so much in our culture that our brain is getting used to being wired all the time. So getting these little bouts of quiet time is really important. That way, when we are ready to sleep, it's not this foreign quiet time to ourselves and we can relish that moment of quietness. Um, as far as food or drink goes, mulberry tea is really calming to the system. You can find fresh mulberries. The best option is always fresh food, uh, fresh food and just throw them in some boiling water, let it steep for a while. Of course you can buy bagged tea, but mulberries are really nourishing for your yin. What I have found a lot to, with my patients that causes some of the insomnia is that they're so overstressed and overworked that their body is so used to that and going to lay down, their body almost freaks out. So they're always in fight or flight mode. A good point on the body for acupressure to calm us down is a point that lies right between the middle of your eyebrows. So if you bring your pointer fingers to the inner crease of your eyebrows and find the middle point, um, you can gently stroke upwards on it a few times or just press really lightly. Um, this point we call yin tong. It helps to calm the nervous system. Um, and then another point that you could use is on the crease of the wrist on the pinky side, right where your wrist bends. You can rub a few inches below that wrist crease um, and just stroke it down. So wrist crease down a few inches and that lies on our heart channel, which our heart is big for anxiety, calming ourselves down and also sleeping. They're very nice points. And one other thing you can do is also massaging your ears. So our ears have a huge play in our whole body system. We actually use them a lot in acupuncture because they, they're a reflection of our whole body. We have this imaging system where if you look at the ear, the earlobe can represent the head of say like a, a baby that's curled up. And then the rim of your ears, the spine and the inside of your ears, more of the internal organs. So rubbing your earlobes can calm our brain and even behind the ears are really calming as well. Wow. That's good to know. So rubbing the earlobes, rubbing the pinky side crease of your wrist down a little bit, and then right in between your eyebrows above the bridge of your nose. Yes, exactly. Great. I think that's some really good tools. And then mulberry tea, is that right? Mulberry tea, correct. Okay. So those would be some things people could easily implement into their nighttime routine and then some quiet time before bed and 
I think that's huge. And so many people suffer with sleep problems. So that's great. What about, uh, I know a couple of our clients at the gym who work 24 hour shifts straight through, or they work the night shift Would this, even though they're sleeping during the day in different times, does this still apply to them? Yes, absolutely. And they can still do this at times that their body clock should be sleeping or at nighttime. It may not make them tired because they're already on that wired system to be up at that time, but it will help to promote and match what's going on in nature where it's dark out a little bit more quiet. So just doing those in any of those points you can do throughout the day when you are stressed, it does just help to calm you down as well. Great. Thank you so much for these awesome tips, Caroline. I'm sure so many people are going to try these things and implement them into their routine. This is going to be the end of part one of our podcast with Caroline. We have a lot more subjects that we're going to go into, such as injuries and recovery from your workouts. I hope you guys tune in for more. If you are interested in working with Caroline or asking her questions, her email address is cjsuhad7 at gmail.com. That's cjsuhad7 at gmail.com. You can also find her on Facebook and on Instagram. If you need direction towards getting a hold of her, just reach out to me and I can point you in her direction. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube, and get a hold of us if you'd like to get our gym emails. Stay in the loop of all things instinct.